Things happen when we believe with our heart. In Romans, it talks about when you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. I think sometimes we're trying to confess things with our mouth and our heart is not believing them. And there is no change that is happening in that place. In fact, it almost sounds religious. Oh, hallelujah. Let's quote a scripture here and quote a scripture there. And our heart remains far from God. It says, they worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So God wants us to experience where those both come into a place of agreement and we go, oh my, OMG, I am being changed. And so um, this class basically is going to begin to teach in areas that maybe, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily want to to look at those places that are unfinished in God, but we know something in our heart knows. Something's just not quite right. I am not living an overcoming life. I don't feel free. And I think all of us have times when we experience that for one reason or another. And I feel like God wants to lay a foundation for us. You know, one day, I'm going to share a little parable. It's not a, a from the Bible, but it represents... A truth. One day, a man invited Jesus to come and stay with him. He gave him the best room in his house. That night, a thief broke in, and after accosting the man, the thief fled. Exhausted, the man thought, Can you believe it? Jesus is upstairs in my best room, and I'm down here battling an enemy. The next night, the same thing happened, and after another round of battle, the thief scurried off. The next morning, he decided to inquire of the Lord. Jesus, he called as he tapped on his door. I don't understand. For the last two nights, I've been fighting an enemy while you lay here sleeping. I thought when I invited you in, you would take care of me. I gave you my best room. What more could I do? Jesus replied, my precious child, I do love you. I do care about you. I protect all that you've given me. But when you invited me in, you gave me this one room and shut the door to the rest of your house. I'm the Lord over this room, but I am not master over this home. Oh, Lord, please forgive me, the man said. Take all my house. It is yours. Late that night, there was a banging on the door. But this time... It was Jesus who went to answer. And there stood Satan, who really was the thief. What do you want, Satan? The Lord asked. Bowing low, he replied, So sorry, I seem to have the wrong address. And he ran away. So the moral of that story is, we can invite Jesus in and have so many doors open and closets locked that he's limited in what he can do in our lives. And we live as defeated Christians, and the world is watching us. And sometimes the world looks more together, you know what I mean, like, we, than us. And that should not be the case. There should be something very appealing about Christians. I remember I worked at IHOP in Seattle, And I was always amazed when the Christians came in because they were all smiley and happy. And I thought, I wonder what it means to be a Christian. They must be born like that. 
Well, they are. They're born again. But I did definitely notice a difference, and that's how it should be for us. I think sometimes uh, we get stuck, and it's very important that we realize sometimes when we're stuck, God is calling us into a deeper place of surrender. It says, seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added. So what are we seeking? You know, sometimes we're seeking things above seeking him, and we're very frustrated, very very disillusioned, and we're very disappointed because guess what? It doesn't work. We're not satisfied. We have no peace. Sometimes we get stuck in our initial salvation experience without moving forward because we never pursue God, and we never allow him to pursue us. You know, in, in uh, Philippians 4, 12, 13, it says, Therefore, my beloved, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who's working in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He doesn't call us to work alone. He calls us to work with him. When we get saved, our spirit is born again on the inside, but our souls can be a total mess. And what represents the soul is our mind, emotions, and our will. And there is a journey we take in the redemption of our soul. And so sometimes we get confused about that, and the enemy camps on that, and he completely accuses us. Well, it says he's the accuser of the brethren. And he accuses us and says, why aren't you more together? Sometimes what God is trying to do is draw up those places in our soul that need redemption, that need to experience salvation. So salvation, there's an initial salvation, but there's a progressive salvation in our lives doesn't matter if you're old. It doesn't matter if you're young, disillusioned, tired. Maybe you have worn the Christian T-shirt. You've done that. You've been there. I don't know. But all I know is we are not to settle as Christians. We are not to settle. It is so easy to settle. Um, we've been called to overcome. So people can want you to be free. God wants you to be free. But change won't happen until you want to be free. You know, freedom is very different than conforming. Freedom begins when we know the power of who we are in Christ, when there's an identity shift in our life, and we begin to identify and take back what's been taken. I remember when I was a brand-new Christian, I began to go to church, but I experienced incredibly negative feelings when I would go to church. When I would walk into church, there was so much opposition It wasn't just that I was depressed, it was I was oppressed. But I made a decision with my will. And I think sometimes we forget that we have been given a free will and that our will is very powerful when it's in the hands of God. I made a decision with my will that my feelings were not going to dictate my walk with God. It can be your feelings, it can be your thoughts, and it can be your actions that will try to keep you from experiencing all God has for you. But when we use our will and we begin to say, there's an old song that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And when something in us clicks over and we say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. The gates of hell can come against you but God will only use it for his glory. In Mark 5, there's a story of a demon-possessed man. And 
I tell you, I have great empathy for this man. It says that he lived among the rocks, meaning that he lived in isolation. It said he was naked, so he was exposed and very vulnerable. And it says that he cut himself with rocks, meaning that he was self-destructive. And today, we know that uh, young people and people that are traumatized, sometimes they cut themselves. They do things that can hurt their body. And Jesus takes a boat ride over to see him. And this deliverer, Jesus, walks in on the scene, and all it does to that man is bring him great torment. The man recognizes that it is Jesus, and it says he falls on his knees and he worships him. But the demons also recognized Jesus, and they said, Why have you come to torment me before my time? Sometimes we can be really uncomfortable in the presence of God and even feel tormented because we need to be set free. There's something God is trying to get at. I'm not saying Christians can be demon-possessed. I don't believe that. I believe when our spirit's born again, We're possessed by the Spirit of God, but do I believe that our soul can experience great torment and have strongholds? Absolutely. And now we have the greatest tool there is. We have Jesus residing in us saying, I am going to take ground back, and I am going to redeem your life. You can can sincerely want to grow in Christ. You can want ministry. You can want a good marriage. You could want a good job. You could want good relationships, but sometimes feel blocked because you need a deeper experience in the Lord in an area that's been tucked away for many years. It could even be from when you're just a, a young child. So as we start this class, we're going to explore some of those things. You know, the Bible says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And in John, it says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So this class is going to deal, deal with, starts by knowing what the Bible says of realizing your power, the power of your identity in Christ, being set free from the past, understanding spiritual warfare and the battle in your mind, learning and practicing the power of forgiveness, and knowing the truth of what God really thinks about you. So, I am handing the baton over to Bruce G. Come on up, Bruce. Okay, so we're shifting gears into finances, giving you a breather from this heavy topic. I'm so excited about this class. I can't tell you how excited I am. I have been, I've had a passion for a long time for the people of God to be able to be free financially to be able to be in a place where they can be obedient to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, give here or do this or do that with their money, and they say, oh, I can't. I, I, I don't have any spare money. I don't have any money I can give. I need to pay the rent or I need to pay the mortgage or I need to feed my kids. And um, I'm just thankful that we have an opportunity to have uh, Financial Peace University here at the church. Um, I hope that everyone here will sign up for the class and be part of it. I think that we all can use that help in our finances. Um, I know that, you know, statistically, seven out of ten of us 
are struggling paycheck to paycheck. We don't really have a plan. Well, God has a plan. He has a plan in his word for how we're supposed to deal with our money. And I don't know about you, but I come from a background of an unsaved family. I grew up in an unsaved household. I grew up in a house where my dad was striving to look better than any of the neighbors. So he had to have the better-looking lawn. He had to have the better-looking car. He had to have his kids wearing the right clothes. I mean, we were told we couldn't go to church because we didn't own the right clothes to go to church. So what happens is those things that happen in our childhood, even if we think we deal with money differently, we find ourselves, some of that creeps in. That creeps into the way, the decisions we make. And then one of the things Dave talks about in some of his other videos is, is being stupid with money. Well, I've been stupid with money. And some of that stupid has come from the things of my childhood that I didn't even know were there until God shed his light on it and said, this is why you acted that way. This is why you made that decision without even asking me and got yourself in that trouble. And then what I do? I'm crying out to God, God, help me, help me. I'm in this mess. Help me get out of this mess. And you know, he is so faithful that he gets us out of that mess. But you know, his heart is that we wouldn't have gotten in the mess in the first place, that we would have followed his word and we would have made the decisions based on his wisdom on how to handle our money in the first place. The freedom that comes from handling money God's way is amazing. One of the things that we'll learn in this class is how to get rid of debt. All debt. Credit card debt, student debt, home mortgage, car payments. You know, in our society today, we're taught these things are normal. Everybody has them. We're children of God. We don't have to have those. God does not want us to be burdened by paying interest to someone else for the things that we have. He wants us to own them outright. He wants us to have the freedom to have that money that would go to pay someone else's interest to be able to give back to the kingdom or to be able to bless our neighbor or whatever the Holy Spirit calls us to do. I think a lot of us have heard things about finances over the years, and maybe we've even dug into the Word a bit and tried to see what God would say about finances. But head knowledge is only about 20%. It's The action is 80%. So one of the things that's going to go on with this class is there's, there's going to be weekly action steps and weekly accountability. Do you know how nice that is to have that accountability that you can say, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make these steps to make changes, permanent changes in my life, in my financial life, which connects to your spiritual life. And you have people that are going to be there and help you. They're walking the same steps with you, and they're going to help you be accountable all the way through it. So... Um, 
I have tried things over the years, and I have helped some people here even at the church with, with some debt issues, and, and I've worked on my own debt issues to a point. But when you're working by yourself, it's, not, it's, it's just not as, uh, as easy as when you have a group of people that are all moving in the same direction together. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited about what, this, what the opportunities for the, for the people of God. Can you imagine churches around this country and around the world where none of the Christians have any debt? And all of their money is available and disposable to be used as God calls them to use it? A passion for me is that the church would replace all social services in this country. That the church would be the one reaching out to the homeless, reaching out to the person who just lost their job, reaching out to all of the needs, instead of the government. The government does a terrible job of it. It's very inefficient. But with the Spirit of God behind, it can be very efficient. And it can radically change people's lives. I hope you'll join me on this journey through financial peace. And, uh, uh, well, JJ, I'll pass it on to you. Okay. I have the last one. I wish we could take all the classes so far. I'm, I'm signing up for... I can't sign up because I'm actually teaching ones, but I am signing up one for one because I'm teaching one. Um, I am teaching, and I'm excited about teaching this one, this is spiritual um, development. And so spiritual development, as I'm kind of thinking of that word, um, development, um, the definition is um, develop, and it means to bring to a more advanced or effective state or to cause them to grow or expand. So I'm thinking grow expand, develop. I'm thinking about muscles, all right? And I'm also thinking, you mentioned about fasting earlier. I'm thinking about weight loss because during the holidays, sometimes I put on a few extra pounds and so I'm thinking, okay, weight loss, new year, develop, grow muscles. Okay, so if I'm going to develop something, for instance, I'm going to start I'm going to start a weight training program. What do I do? Well, do I just go and sit down in front of my TV with a bag of potato chips and just say, okay, muscles grow as I'm eating and, you know, and, or wait, just vanish, disappear. No, all right? So there's probably a, something I have to do. I have to put a plan together, an action plan. So I will probably, one, uh, maybe I'll join a gym, a gym membership, make a small investment in myself. So I'm going to go to the gym. Uh, maybe I might call Bob. Hey, Bob, you want to join me? Uh, accountability partner. It's fun to kind of work together, encourage one another. I need some accountability. Um, I might actually um, rearrange my schedule. Like I have to build in time to go and work out or I have to build in time um, to, uh, to, uh, in my schedule to start doing something. I might have to cut some things out. Like, okay, out of my, out of my, uh, my eating habits, maybe I need to less cookies and, and less ice cream, less Coke, maybe more vegetables, Maybe more water. Okay, there's some things I have to cut out. Um, uh, maybe even changing my sleeping patterns. Right? Maybe I have to get up earlier in the morning because I have to go work out or go for a jog or, or go to bed 
uh, much uh, much earlier than normal. Um, you can also right, read some books on how other people have done it. Go and get some books. Uh, with technology, you can listen to a, a podcast. How have others been successful in weight training or losing weight? You kind of get the idea. There's a plan in place. The same is true um, for us, biblically. But the Bible says, in uh, 1 Timothy, it says, exercise yourself towards godliness. So it's about breaking the complacency habit. And we all can get complacent or passive when our, when, um, in our walk with the Lord. Uh, let me illustrate this another way. Uh, I saw this once, a uh, pastor illustrated it this way. I just need two volunteers, please. Two volunteers. You don't have to do anything except hold a rope. Two people, come on up. Any, maybe stand up on this side of the stage and on this side of the stage. Oh, thank you. All right. I'm a visual learner, so take that side. Take this side and just kind of stretch the rope out about right there. Perfect. Yeah, just right there. Perfect. Okay, this rope, maybe a little bit higher, just right there. You're going to be standing up for a while, not too high. There you go. You're going to get tired. Um, So this rope represents our spiritual walk with the Lord. And so this end over here, this is the beginning. So this is where I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So this is my spiritual walk begins. Um, Like Dory said, I'm born again. And on this end over here, this is the end of my spiritual life. This is when I meet Jesus face to face. A nice way of saying we're dying, right? We die and we go to be with him. So this, this timeline kind of represents, it's a continuum. It's our spiritual walk. And we're in all different places in our walk. Like say, for instance, I may have just gotten saved last week. So I'm probably, maybe I'm right here. I'm just starting. I'm starting this journey. Others are much maybe further along in their walk. But we're all in different places. And um, what's nice about this continuum is that you don't have to be, um, it's, it's not bound by age. Say, for instance, I could be uh, 30 years old and be this far in my walk with the Lord, and I can be 70 and I just accepted the Lord last week. So there's no age limit on here, which is great. Um, also, there's times, I was thinking about my walk with the Lord um, there's times when I started, and um, when I first started, I was on warp speed, the pedal to the metal. I feel like I'm just growing, I'm moving, and I'm learning. And then there's other times and seasons in my life where I'm just stuck. Kind of my foot's off the pedal, and I'm just idling. I'm just here, just like, oh my goodness, where am I going? I haven't, haven't really moved much on this continuum. So this is not a judgment. It's not to say that I'm better because I'm over here and you're over there. I'm just saying we're just in different places in our walk. And so as we kind of, you know, look back and say, okay, um, I'm on a journey. And uh, however, I'm not supposed to stay idle right here. I'm I'm not supposed to stay stuck here forever. It's interesting. You can kind of look back and five years can go by just like that. And maybe without even five years goes by and you haven't even learned one scripture verse in five years. Or five years has gone by and you are still dealing with that habitual sin. You just didn't, you haven't even addressed it. You're just learning to live with it. Or five years have gone by 
and you have not shared the gospel with one unbeliever. Or even worse, five years have gone by and you have not experienced or had a point in your walk with the Lord that lit this fire under you and caused you to live differently. See, time can just kind of move by so quickly. And we do. We age another year um, physically, and we age another year spiritually. And so as you're kind of looking here, saying, okay, God, where am I on this continuum? Where am I? The Bible says in 2 Peter 3.18, it says, rather you must grow in the grace and knowledge of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not supposed to stay here. We're supposed to grow and move forward in our walk. So some of the topics, you can just keep it here. Some of the topics we're going to be talking about is the call, the chosen, and what's the difference between the call and the chosen, Um, the power of choice, the area of preparation um, in in regards to faithfulness, uh, character, the character of God's people, Right. What does that look like? Um, test. We face many tests in our spiritual walk. We're going to talk about those tests. If, you haven't, if you're not on the test, you soon will be. They're, they're coming. And so how do you, you know, what do you do when they, when they get there? So when they come, what do you do when they come? Um, so as you look, kind of look at this continuum and you start to say, okay, God, where am I? Where am I on this continuum? Is... Um, here we are, end of 2018. Am I any different than I was in 2017? Have I grown spiritually where I can say, yes, I did something. I took a leap of faith, and I joined the men's Bible study or the women's Bible study, or I took a leap of faith, and I joined a community group for the first time. Okay, that's that's where I'm I'm moving. So we start to think and say, okay, God, where am I going to, what am I going to do now going forward for next year. Where am I going to go? And so we've had, you can, you can sit down now. You can, you can, let's give a round of applause. Great volunteers. Awesome. Thank you. So kind of in, in wrapping up here with, God, where am I? How am I going to move forward in 2019? One, do I have victory over darkness? Are there areas in my life of bondage, of pain, that I've like, ugh, I don't want to look at that. I want to go to the money class. Yeah. No, maybe not. Maybe you need to go to that victory class. Um, What about areas of finance? I am swimming in consumer debt. I am living paycheck to paycheck. I am just a... one paycheck away from being um, out on the street? If that's you or your, uh, your finances are in disarray, then maybe that's where you need to go. You need to sign up for that class. Say, I need to make an investment in myself because there's a cost, but I'm going to go ahead and make that investment, and I'm going to move forward in, my, uh, in getting my finances right this year. I'm done. I'm done where the money's controlling me. I want to control it. And so, or three, there is a lack of spiritual development in my life. Did I grow in 2018? No. Have I plateaued in my walk with the Lord? Yes. Am I just sitting idle? I'm not moving. I'm not growing. Maybe. 
If that's you, if you feel like, or I just feel like I'm feeling unmotivated. I just feel just like, wow, I just, I'm just numb. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I kind of lost my passion for the Lord. Maybe you need to join the spiritual development class and take, take a leap of faith this year. So, so um, I'm going to end with this verse, Philippians 1.6. It says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you and me, will continue his work until it is finally finished. Until it is finally finished. Uh, on the day when Jesus Christ returns. But it's, gonna, it, it's, a, it's a journey that we're all on.